Welcome to Fertility Help Hub's podcast. I'm Eloise, the founder and editor, and each week we bring you expert interviews, reader stories, holistic products, and more. Subscribe to our podcast for free so you never miss an episode. Welcome. Today, I'm delighted to welcome my guest, Danica Thornbury, who is the founder of the most incredible holistic fertility program called Seed Fertility. Welcome, Danica. Oh, thanks, Eloise. I'm so happy to be here. It's a pleasure to have you speaking with us today. I know that we recently did a webinar where you gave the most insightful information about fertile foods and fertile thoughts and helping people at different stages of their cycle. So today we're going to be talking about diet and lifestyle tips for a successful round of IVF. Before we do, I'd love for you just to tell everyone listening a little bit about you, your story and the Seed Fertility Program. Well, I think it's good to say that this is a website that I created following a live workshop And that was hosted in Los Angeles for four years. And the need for it to go online became evident as there's just so much more growing need for fertility help. So with respect to IVF, this information lines up with the cycle of the woman who's menstruating and um, going through a fertility journey I wanted to test this out to see how it works. And that's how I earned my doctorate by creating an intervention study that was an expansion on the Seed Fertility website. So the information that we're going to be talking about today is going to align with those findings and hopefully will help a lot of your listeners. Am I right in thinking that you've been featured on Goop? Yes, Yes. And that was to explain what I want to talk about, which is redefining the success of IVF. And it's kind of a way of saying, let's take baby steps on the way to baby and start with a feeling of fullness focused on what is working before going in and, uh, or instead of going in focused on what's not there or what's not working. And also everything you're about to say about the program and research is all medically backed, isn't it? Yeah, it's been tested with the different fertility doctors here in Los Angeles. We've been working together on this since 2010. And we have case after case of watching women start from a place of feeling broken, having very few eggs from their retrieval that turn into normal embryos, they go through this program and they end up having double the number of the eggs and they get their normal embryos and their live births. But the best part is they feel better about their lives. So I like to introduce that as the starting point for an IVF, like to get women conscious about how do you feel at the onset? How are you already feeling in this Uh, process because that feeling of my life is good enough already is really the best starting point. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And this is so needed to help people, whatever stage of their journey they're at. And I'd love to know in in your eyes, what's the definition of success? Mm, Yeah. Well, I think it 
needs to be approached incrementally and to see personal discovery that happens along the way, personal transformation, meaning if a woman is having a lot of struggles because her friends seem to be getting pregnant first, but then she looks deeper at herself and realizes, well, maybe I'm not entirely ready. That's a win right there. That's a success because that's going to dive her further into herself or bring her further into herself where she realizes maybe I need to look at some things that are going on in my life. And if I could be happier, then I don't need to put so much pressure on this baby to get here to make me happy. I'll just recognize that I'm happy already. So I think a happier woman, that's the success because isn't that what we're going after in thinking we'll have a baby and then I'll be happy. But the truth is we just really want to feel happier. We want to be feeling full and we want to have a life of purpose. And we think that motherhood provides that, but in truth, we can reach those goals through friendships and hobbies and other accomplishments that we're proud of, you know? So success is this going beyond a positive pregnancy test. And I think it's like being able to see that there's a spiritual path or something that's leading us to motherhood. And if we can find more specific things on our path to getting pregnant, like less cramping with the period or more regular cycle, or wow, this month I didn't create any cysts and I got to go right into my IVF or this month I recruited more mature eggs than any other cycle, or we got more normal embryos. I felt more relaxed about the process. All of those are wins in my book. And I think when I'm working with my patients, I like to remind them to look at that stuff because it's so important and it helps them to feel like they're winning instead of going in and counting eggs that then tends to make them feel inadequate. I couldn't agree with you more. And I know one of the things that we're going to touch on now, which is something that I definitely felt, was how do you remove those negative thoughts if you've had a previous failed cycle or lots of negatives, how do you see things in terms of being different from previous attempts or cycles? Right, where some well-intended friends might suggest, oh, just go on a vacation. That's when it worked for me. Something like that seems too simplistic, doesn't it? But the truth is um, they have to take a step back and think, okay, this is the cycle that I'm in right now. This is the one that matters. This is the cycle that I can have some control over. And it's an excellent question, Eloise, because when I'm working with my IVF patients, especially the ones that are doing it for like the second, third, or fourth time, I definitely want to point out everything that's different for them because that inherently sets them up to have a different outcome. So I will ask them to recount to me, what are the things that you've changed? Have you improved your diet? Have you found the right amount of exercise instead of over-exercising or um, just being kind of um, 
depressed and introverted and staying inside, not, not um, participating in your life. And to see, oh, these are the other things I'm doing now, like looking at the process differently, finding ways to reframe what is happening. So if I can get the patient to think, just like list these things that have changed, that can be pivotal. I think that's the biggest and like the best answer to that question would be for them to intellectually list how this IVF has been set up differently. Does that make sense? 100%. It really does. And what reminders would you give people and how does the Seed Fertility Program work to help people stay in the moment? The Seed Program is set up to be daily dispensing uh, information. And that means like, regardless of where you are in the cycle, let's say you're on your period and you are waiting to start your stimulation medications. There are affirmations inside the seed program and a daily wisdom that speaks to where she is psychologically and physically. So for example, let's say she's on cycle day two, then the program will we'll discuss how this is your heaviest day of the flow. And it's synonymous with emptiness of the womb. Like that's what's going on. The womb is emptying and they're going to not feel very fertile. They're not going to feel excited about the process of IVF. And as they read that and it's true for them, they feel more normal. Is that a good example? Uh, When they see things like that inside the course day after day, as they go through suppression, stimulation, and they feel normal and normal and more normal, then they start to build their fertile confidence. So that's, I think, the clearest way to explain how the seed program works. It changes the way that they think about it just by putting different ideas into their minds. And that is the science of neuroplasticity, which is moving the neurons, these um, cells in the brain that have been habituated to feel like a disappointment, we move them in this other direction of possibility. And we think like, you know, it is possible to change your thinking about this process. It is possible to see it as a spiritual journey or a certain time in your life where you're going to grow as a woman or you're going to improve your relationship. And if we go into it with that mindset, then it's like, okay, well, I've got nothing to lose. I'm just going to come out of this better. Problem starts when we go into it thinking about how hard it is or how it hasn't worked out in the past. And it's kind of like shooting ourselves in the foot. So I've just um, loaded all of the different courses inside the seed program with different examples. I've got testimonial montage videos of other women that went through the program and on the other side of it was their healthy kid or two or three kids. One woman, for example, was told that she had bad eggs and that her male partner had um, compromised sperm. And this was a long time ago. This was probably 2014, I guess. And they put four embryos in, four day three embryos, or maybe they were blastocysts, but they were not tested. So she had no idea if any of them were normal. And uh, she conceived triplets and carried them all the way out to 38 weeks. 
So um, clearly something that she had done, whether it was a combination of the foods or changing her thinking, something shifted. And um, she's one of the women who offers a testimonial story inside the program. And while, you know, ideally nobody wants to have triplets, um, it's just a story that says, we really don't know. We cannot go in thinking that it's automatically going to be a disappointment because the other times were, right? We just don't know. And, and so my job, I think my life purpose is to point that out and just to help women say, stay in the moment and say, well, I don't know, but what I have control over, I'm going to do my best to control and then allow the rest to take care of itself. Right. You're right. It's the uncertainty of not knowing when or even if it's going to happen can be so hard. So thinking about diet, nutrition, choices around food, having a fundamental knowledge of what we can do to optimize success. What would be your suggestion to help people with eating properly, getting the nutrients they need, balancing hormones, etc.? Well, Inside the program, I offer very specific recipes for women and their male partners to emphasize during each stage of the IVF cycle. And I will talk about that in just a minute. But before that happens, before I lay out that information inside the program, I try to set the women up to think about diet from a different perspective. Because if it was just as simple as eating more avocados or drinking a specific smoothie, then I don't think we would have the same problems that we have with the increasing rate of infertility. So I'd have to teach the women that their menstrual cycle is a predictable fluctuating dance of estrogen and progesterone. And as a result of understanding what's happening with the hormones, they're going to have different nutritional needs at different times of the month. So I first want to educate the women on how we can use these foods at specific times of the month to support the estrogen levels or support the progesterone levels, or as we're approaching the fertility or like the pregnancy test, if we can use food to balance and stabilize our moods, then we're going to support possible um, early pregnancy, but we're also going to support ourselves and our mood as we prepare to take that test. So a few other things before I go into specific foods, I want to say that we need to think about our evolution and our evolutionary needs here. I know that the keto diet is very popular right now and other diets that emphasize you know, a certain body type. Those are all the rage, at least over here in Los Angeles. But those kinds of exclusionary diets are not fertility diets. Like it, you, you start by defining your goal. What do you want? Do you want to be svelte and, and like trim? Or do you want to be curvy and pregnant? Because stopping carbs or eliminating meat for two examples, those two things, uh, they may trim you down, but they do not foster a traditional 
fertility diet. Like our ancestors, they unfortunately had to eat animal protein. And that's what our bodies are designed to use to make eggs. So when we deny our bodies those core foods that we need, we shouldn't be surprised to see these low egg um, output. So I like to first instruct the women to take the foods that come in the seed program and lay them on top of your regular diet so that they can be emphasized and used as medicine, if you will. And I try to suggest that, or I, I suggest that they stop hyper-focusing on getting it right. I don't want them thinking, oh my God, I didn't do it right. I didn't have enough of those fertile foods or um, I changed the ingredients or something to that effect that's going to make them feel nervous because these foods are designed to create calm, right? That it's an indirect way of approaching and healing and fertility by calming the nervous system with foods that are high in minerals or good fats. So there's a lot of information and knowledge that goes into the foods that I chose to put into that program. And I haven't changed them. I've been teaching those foods to my patients before I um, began teaching live workshops. So I'm in practice for 21 years now. And my own fertility was suffering as a result of being dairy free. I was in Chinese medical school. We don't prescribe dairy or we don't want women having a lot of dairy based foods. But in the reproductive years, the fat that comes from the uh, cow milk, whole cow milk that's unpasteurized, that is very nutritious. So um, I guess that's my, my first comment. I, I would recommend that no exclusionary fad diets when you're approaching your IVF cycle. Try to be as traditional as possible. Um, the second point is that the ovaries do not like a lot of sugar. Um, in fact, too much sugar will inflame the ovaries and inflame endometriosis, which in essence creates more heat in the pelvis where the ovaries reside. And that inflammation essentially overcooks the eggs as the environment becomes too acidic. So, um, that's something to keep in mind. If, if you're somebody who really likes sweets or uses sweets to cope with the stress of doing IVF, then you've got to look at that. And uh, the third point, which can lead me into the four phases, if, if you are ready to talk about that, but it's the awareness that it is possible to align the, um, the foods and the body with the fertility medications going through the protocol and understanding what the hormones are doing. That makes complete sense. And I think that nutrition is something that people are so keen to find out more about. And that's why I love your offering and your expertise and the way that you go into so much detail on this in the program. Um, and I just wanted to mention, because I know our readers are really excited by this, you're offering them 25% off all of your courses. And I know you have an array of courses uh, to support different types of treatment, fertility, 
baby loss. Um, and so if you use code FHH2022, you will get 25% off the all of the seed fertility courses until the end of this year. So do take advantage. Could I ask you, Danica, regarding the four phases and food to support those phases, please could you tell us a little bit about those and what people can find in your courses to support that? Sure. Um, I think that, like I was saying, we use the foods as a way to support the mindset and psychological balance is key to having the right fertile attitude, if that's a phrase. I call it fertile confidence, but having the right nutrition and the right nutrients in our system, we all know and agree that that sets us up for some of the best days. And by example, we know that when we start the day with like an empty food, like a muffin or a a bagel or a piece of toast, um, and a and a coffee that we burn through that it's it's very empty and then we go into a deprivate like a deprivation state and fertility comes from the overflow it doesn't come from lack it comes from having extra reserves to donate to a baby's life so I like to teach women the importance of nourishing themselves to nourish the baby. And I love this, uh, that women need to keep in their mind, like they're going to, they're going to get pregnant, they're going to deliver half the time, they're going to deliver baby girls. My daughter is 14 and a half. And I help her to eat like this, because I want to help her have the best cycle and the least amount of menstrual pain and the most balanced mood, the best chance of preserving her egg reserve in a time of um, evolutionary stress. So it's not like this is just a program that suggests you eat more eggs to make eggs. It's a program that teaches you how to eat for life. Knowing that we can use foods as medicine is extremely empowering and it affects women the decades surrounding their fertile years and then into their children's lives if we understand that the goal is to have a balance of acid and alkaline or the goal is to keep the inflammatory foods at a minimum and to balance the blood sugar and to keep enough fats and fiber in the system that keeps us kind of feeling steady and calm. We don't lean as heavy into antidepressants, for example, or uh, we don't bounce up and down and create um, anxiety for ourselves throughout the day. We're way more stable. And I think it's pretty obvious how that would be setting the stage for a successful IVF. And it would also be really useful to understand what your thoughts are on meditation, visualization? Do you recommend practices for different points of your cycle? And I'm interested in this because I think that, and and correct me if I'm wrong with clients that you see, but sometimes being told to be mindful 
and being told to meditate can be more stressful Mm-hmm. if you're not in the right headspace to do it and mm-hmm. if you're not used to doing it and feel like you're forcing it. For sure. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. I have been meditating for like 25 years. And this morning before beginning our interview, I tried to sit and anchor myself in meditation and I was just too buzzy brain. I'm excited to talk to you. I'm excited to share information. I'm excited to amplify this message And when women are going through IVF, not only is it exciting at the possibility of using technology to get a baby, but um, if they've been there before, then they are going to be scared, or at least they're going to feel anxious about having another disappointment. Uh So that's that's a lot going on in the brain. And so when I work with women in person or through the seed program or through the classes, I give the recommendation that they let it be enough to just stream some of the 12 meditations that I have recorded for them inside the course. If those meditations are listened to while driving or in the car, it's not going to cause an accident. It's similar to listening to this podcast, right? It's just somebody in a place of experience talking in a soothing tone that reminds them everything's going to be okay because it is ultimately. And the more that we can settle our spirits, we can align with our path, right? I also give women the example or plant the seed for them to think about this idea that their baby is another spirit, another human to to come into the world with its own problems and agenda and path. And so we could say that as we are settling down and preparing, that it's just as likely that that baby making its way to us has a spirit that is preparing to come in. And that means it's a timing issue and it's a preparation issue. And all of these things feed into this idea of ways we can visualize the IVF process differently. Like if you really believe that your baby is in a frozen embryo in the freezer across town, that's going to give you some feeling of calm and a sense of completion and the sense that you did something right. You know, like you've done something correctly and you've reached that point. And to entertain this idea that the baby wants to make its way to you, then you stop with the jealous behaviors of what friends are doing. You stop scrolling so much on Instagram and social media and being exposed to triggering things. And instead you align your thoughts with, I'm getting ready to go pick her up from the fertility clinic today, something like that. And and um, in the program, I did create a meditation that's specific to the IVF transfer day and a lot of the seed students and my patients will bring their headphones to the uh, transfer site and they'll listen to that um, fertility meditation as they're waiting for their embryo to come into the room to be transferred in. And I just talk about, because I've attended several hundred embryo transfers to do acupuncture at the time of the transfer. We don't do that now post-quarantine, but 
I did it enough times to get really practiced at knowing what the women need and what they respond very well to in that um, 30 minutes prior to receiving their embryo. That's why the Valium, uh, I don't know if they do this in the UK, but here in the US, the women will take some kind of a um, Valium that calms their nerves, some kind of um, sedative to get them in their most receptive mindset and most relaxed demeanor. But if they're streaming a meditation and hopefully they find my voice soothing to them, a lot of the women who are in the seed program or my patients, they're familiar with my voice and they hear me saying um, things that speak to what the process of the transfer is going to be like on that day for them. That's very calming. And we scripted out to be a successful cycle. So absolutely incorporating visual practices um, at other times of the cycle, like helping your body envision making one perfect genetically normal egg. Now think how different that is compared to the mindset of, I need lots of eggs. It's very different. If you say, I'm preparing that one normal embryo, or I'm preparing a crop of eggs, and I believe that there's at least one in there that is genetically normal, that's a very different mindset than being focused on a number or um, the need to get a bunch of eggs because you really just want the ones that are going to lead to normal. So one thing we're learning now as we evolve, we don't need a bunch of eggs. We just need a couple of them that can become normal. That's another plug for how to script yourself a successful IVF cycle. What do you think of that? I think it's fabulous information. And I'm so glad that you're able to share that with our listeners today because it's everything I would have loved to have heard just to feel holistically supported and know that there are options like the support that you offer out there for these difficult questions and decisions and support. Um, And that's why I'm such a fan of your courses because it offers people who are in different situations so much support And it's something that I never had access to. So a reminder to anyone who's listening, please check the courses out. They're phenomenal. They have been featured all over the world and are backed by science and been in clinical trials. Um, And as I mentioned before, you can benefit from an exclusive discount code FHH2022, which will run until the end of this year. So do take advantage now before that stops. And I mean, it's been so wonderful chatting to you today. Before we finish, what would be the three things you would have our listeners do today to start that next IVF cycle feeling empowered and strong? Okay, well, like I said, um, looking at the cycle and how in all the different ways that this particular cycle is different from before, from other attempts, focusing on what is working, what positive changes have already occurred, and um, repeating more of those things that we see working. For example, I have a patient who has not had much success in getting a normal embryo. It's similar to what I just said, when the focus is on the number of eggs that she gets, she's getting no normals. Recently, she had a cycle where the, um, the doctor changed the protocol 
And as a result, she got one normal girl embryo. It's very exciting. Now she's trying to get another normal and her mindset is not changed. And it's, it's worrying me because I want to see her say, okay, let's repeat what worked. But instead the, the habitual thinking of, I need more, I need more is causing her to have tremendous anxiety. So my job is to keep reminding her, no, your doctor bring out what works for you. And, and in essence, that allows you to become more fertile over time. You know, I think we get beaten down as we do IVF over and over and over and over. But as long as you are learning, okay, we need to trigger you at 16 millimeters instead of 21, or, okay, we need to use less stimulation medication instead of more. Those are two really important pieces of information that can help create better quality eggs, which then has a better chance of making better embryos. So point number one, change what doesn't work and uh, focus on all the ways that you've created something that's different. Number two, I think would be to say, think about what your concerns are and address what you can. So if you feel like you need to have a conversation with your doctor or you feel like you need to get a different doctor, then you have to honor that because it feeds into point number one, changing what you can change or being honest with yourself. Like if you've had a lot of stress and maybe you just want to take a break from fertility cycling for a while, that will work out better for you than pushing it forward and being focused on fear that you're getting too old or it's, you know, like everything is aging too quickly really, if women can slow down and take a step back, they tend to have a better cycle after they've relaxed and like looked at the process differently. And that kind of feeds into my point number three, which would be if they can try to commit to IVF as a tiny part of their personal discovery, meaning they're going to look back over these years, these years are going to pass and they don't want to look back and think, that was just such a stressful time and we wasted so much money or it cost us so much to get to our kid. They want to look back and think, that's when I learned how to speak my truth. That's when I learned how to take better care of my body. That's when I learned that spiritual practice or mind body or meditation actually is important and makes me feel so good. Or that's when I learned how to eat better. So those kinds of things create stronger, more confident women. And if we look at this evolutionarily speaking, don't we want to have, like in our evolution, don't the kids that are coming deserve to have parents that have worked on themselves to be their strongest, like best version of themselves? So those would be my three points. Try to focus on what is different, change what you can be honest with yourself, talk to your doctor if you think you need a break and then honor that. And then see this as a personal transformation time of pivoting your life onto a better trajectory that um, it's more purposeful or rewarding and um, keep the faith. There's a fourth point for you. <laughs> I think they're fantastic points. And we're so grateful to have you speak with us today to share this insight so thank you so much for your time it's always such a pleasure speaking with you 
Oh, Eloise, likewise, thank you for the opportunity. I'm glad to be here. Thank you again.